Land of Giants, The Hunt for Fall Studs, by David A. Brown, Senior Writer. Fall is one of the most exciting times to hit the water for bass. The weather has cooled down, the bass are no longer lethargic from the hot summer water temps, and typically fish are willing to bite. This may be the best time to catch the biggest bass of your life. And these pros are sharing secrets to help you do just that. When summer transitions into fall, bass put on the feed bag and commence the weight pack and game plan. How far along we are in the seasonal changes determines much. So we turn to a handful of nation's top hog snatchers for advice on how to catch a daymaker. Of course, not all fisheries can be approached the same way. Well, the monsters of Florida will be found in very different areas and eating very different things than the brown bass up north. So the techniques, the lures, and experts have been divided by the different types of fisheries you may encounter across this great nation. So whether you plan to fish your local highland reservoir or will soon be casting in a flowing river, grab a pen and a notepad and prepare to take some notes on how to target your personal best. Rick Kling and the Highland Reservoir. The weather and forage guide the tactical decisions for the four-time Bassmaster Classic champion. And if an early fall day brings a cloudy, rainy, prefrontal conditions, Clune knows he can expect big results with a big spinner bait. Specifically, the tactics that helped earn his first Bassmaster Classic title at the 1976 event on Lake Gunnersville. Clune's go-to is the Lucky Strike Trickster spinnerbait that he describes as a three-quarter ounce plus pushing one ounce. The size is key, Clune said, because he needs the heavy head to manage the bait's long drop blades. A cross between willow leaf and Indiana blades, the long drops deliver the big displacement he wants for enticing the giants. Now, most of the time, I'm burning it and waking the spinnerbait. And if you use a smaller head with those blades, the bait rolls, Clune said. In stable conditions, Clune holds high faith in the Rick O'Popper. But if he's spotted good numbers of hefty gizzard shad, he'll upsize his topwater presentation to a whopper plopper or a buzz bait. Insightfully comparing bass and topwaters to lions foregoing the big, healthy water buffalo in favor of a young or uninjured target. Clune said the surface deal fits the nature's ML. A topwater is a good bait for big bass year-round because it obeys the predator-prey laws, Clune said. Big bass don't want to expend a lot of energy unnecessarily, so when nature presents a weakness, they're programmed to eliminate that weakness. He won't pass up sweet-looking logs and stumps, but Clune's main fall target will be areas of fracturing vegetation. As he explains, shortening days and cooling impacts of winter's approach will find grass mats breaking apart. Tattered edges and peripheral clumps allow him to pinpoint specific little isolated targets. 
If you're on a lake that doesn't have grass, you may have main lake points with broken rock. The key is finding where those gizzard shad are in the fall because that will bring more big fish to that area. In the fall of the year, they make a move to the creeks and the banks for their final feed of the year and your bigger fish will be around them. Rick Clune uses the bait, the Lucky Strike, Trickster, Spinner Bait. Why? Big water displacement makes it an easy target. Where does he use it? Around the broken grass mats and the isolated wood cover with a gizzard shad presentation. Rob Dig, Brushy Lake. The North Carolina Pro catches a lot of stout fish by throwing jigs into brush piles, but it's Dig's technical proficiency and adjustment insights that prove advantageous. Jigs are often an easy sell, but experience has taught him the value of a very intentional presentation. Dig typically starts with a half ounce shooter jig which sports a hand-tied skirt for a more lifelike appearance and adds a three and one half inch zoom super chunk or a two inch super chunk junior, depending on what type of profile he wants. He always hangs the smaller trailer, but if he wants the super chunk size with a shorter overall bait length, Dig threads the trailer onto his jig's hook and super glues it to the head. This also gives you a little more hook exposure, he said. If I do tip it on the back, I'll slide a piece of finesse worm onto the hook shank to keep the chunk from sliding up and down. So when I cast, I know the chunk is laying where I want it to. Dig's technique tip. A lot of times when you throw into a brush pile, you may hit a limb. Instead of just pulling the bait across, I just tickle my rod to seesaw the bait back and forth on that limb. I'll work each limb slowly because this time of the year, if the water hasn't cooled off, they get kind of lazy and you have to let them look at your bait a little while. If the areas get impounded, Dig knows those big smart fish will often shun the bulkier presentations. This, he said, makes them vulnerable to a subtle look. When fish are highly pressured, they tend to want a smaller bait, so I'll downsize to a quarter ounce homemade football jig with a wide gamma gatsu hook and a zoom trick worm. Sometimes I'll throw around the outside edge of a brush pile and slowly drag around the bottom because the fish don't always lay in the brush. With either bait, Dig stressed the wisdom of handling a tangled fish with a controlled response. The tendency to vigorously pull until the fish pops free usually complicates matters. While a brief moment of slack often allows the fish to swim free from its entanglement. Now the bait that Rob Dig likes to use is a half ounce shooter jig. Why? penetrates brush piles without getting hung up 
And where? Through, over, and around all of the limbs. Scott Canterbury, Grass Lake. Expecting a strong schooling tendency, Canterbury's going to keep himself around the migrating bait schools and keep a bold topwater bait handy. His main choice is a 3.8 to a half ounce Canterbury Pro Buzz, but other times of the year he likes the quarter ounce version, but the heavier baits bring larger blades, and that's just what Canterbury wants for provoking the Giants. I'll use a white trailer and I'll start out with a toad and then go to a swim bait or a fluke if they're not hitting the toad, Canterbury said. I'm throwing this on a 40 pound braided line with a 7.6 medium heavy halo rod and a 7.31 ardent reel. Big fish tend to be in isolated clumps of grass, so be sure to hit every piece of isolated cover. Also look for points, indentions, and irregularities in the grass. That's where a big bass will ambush bait fish. If the schooling subsides, either from fishing pressure or midday sun, Canterbury reaches into the water column with a net bait, big bobber paddle tail, worm rigged on a 5 odd hook with a 5 16th ounce weight. Swimming this enticing bait through the grass often triggers a whopper that's less inclined to run topside. That worm is really good if fish are up on a flat and stuff that you can't really see and you're just covering a massive area, Canterbury said. September in the south is still late summer, so with both of these baits, I'd stay in the main lake, but as we move into October, the fish will start moving back into the creeks and the pockets. Worm bites are pretty straightforward, but Canterbury warns about missing a buzz bait opportunity. The strikes can be thrilling, but discipline puts giants in the boat. Plastic trailers help the fish get a better grip on the bait, but Canterbury's big on measured response. A lot of people don't like using braid with buzz baits because they take it away from the fish, but the rod I use has a soft tip, so it, it lets them get the bait better, he said. Don't set the hook as soon as you get a blow up. Reel down until you feel the fish and then set the hook. Stetson Blaylock, Shallow River. Highly adept at the river game, the Bassmaster Elite Series angler from Arkansas plans his big fish strategy based on current. In a stagnant low flow scenario before the fall fronts began, Blaylock knows the big fish are hanging out on the main river waiting on the first fronts to push shad back into the creeks. Here he stakes his fortunes on a surprisingly modest presentation. I'll throw a green pumpkin, purple yum finesse worm on a 3 ounce shaky head on a spinning rod with a braid and an 8 to 10 pound fluorocarbon leader and fish the main river. Rock jetties, current breaks, even sand. You're throwing it around cover just like you'd be flipping or pitching a bigger bait, but that time of the year, those big ones will eat that small shaky head just as good. That time of the year, if there's no flow, those fish suspend along the side of rock jetties 
are those sandbar drops where the sand has built up from the spring and summer rains. The fish just get out there and roam and look for bait fish, and a shaky head is a presentation that you could bomb cast over those flats and sandbars and pitch or flip it like a finesse power bait. If the seasonal progression has pushed past the lethargic stuff, maybe the early fronts have brought enough rain to boost current flow. Blaylock's supremely confident in a booyah pad crasher frog in black or shad frog colors. This presentation allows him to efficiently work through some of the key area fall fish will use for their seasonal feeding. I feel like those bigger fish are going to move back off the river and into those places where they can chase the shad, he said. In a shallow river, it's going to be water willow, bank grass, those areas where they can ambush. I feel like throwing a frog is your best option if those fish have started making that move. Blaylock throws his frog on a 7.3 Heavy H2O Express Ethos HD rod with a 65-pound braid on an Ethos 811 reel that enables him to quickly pick up line and catch up to the fish. I'm worth noting, Blaylock likes the standard narrow nose frog for his technique, as it's less startling to shallow fish than a popping frog, but he uses a fast retrieve to force the big ones into reacting. Jeff Gustafson, Deep Northern Lake. Fall finds jumbo smallmouth gorging on hefty meals and Gustafson is happy to spoon feed them, literally. The elite angler from Kewatin, Canada knows a big chunk of shiny metal offers his best bet for nabbing a brown bomber. I like a five inch, one one eighth ounce lake fork flutter spoon. That's been my go-to in the fall, Jeff said. This time of year, the the fish get keyed on eating big baits, and up north they could sh be shad, smelt, or herring. A lot of the bait is suspended so the bass follow them, but they're going to be close to some type of structure like a hump or a point. The fish will drift off the structure sometimes to chase a bait, and the spoon is good because it falls erratically and it has a lot of flash. It's something you can use to attract a fish that's hunting with its eyes. Jeff said short. Measured cast are best. No need for a heaving missile launch. In fact, that's actually counterproductive. You don't want to long bomb these things. A fast cast is best. That way you have a vertical angle on the bait when it gets down there. You get better hook sets and the spoon has a vertical action that we want. Gustafsson throws his spoon on a heavy 7.6 G Loomis rod with a Shimano Metanium 7.1 reel. Spooled with a 20-pound fluorocarbon allows him the strength he needs for slinging a big bait. And I'll pitch it out, keep my eye on the line, and when the spoon hits the bottom, I'm going to lift it three to four feet with a pretty sharp rip and let it flutter back to the bottom. Jeff said, I'll just continue that all the way back to the boat. You really want to pay attention to your line. You'll see your line jump 
when they bite it sometimes when it's falling. But often, when you go to rip it back up, you're setting the hook into one. Treble hooks and smallmouth are a constant recipe for heartbreak. But Gustafsson said he usually expects a solid connection as these voracious fall fish really get the bait. That being said, he'll use the smallmouth tendency to its advantage. And those fish are going to come up and jump close to the boat, so you should be prepared to boat flip them, Jeff said. You definitely don't want to baby them because if they have a lot of time to play around with it, the spoon is an easy bait for them to throw. Are you tired of fighting the traffic at crowded boat ramps? You can avoid the masses by heading to one of the lakes and reservoirs most Golden State bass anglers avoid. This article in Bassmasters Magazine, August-September issue, is California's best limited access waters, and it's written by Brian Sack. The adrenaline rush that anglers get when racing across a large lake or reservoir in a tricked-out bass boat is tough to describe sometimes. The occasional bone-jarring, pounding, cutting winds and stings of insects in the face are a small price to pay for this kind of fun. The only thing more enjoyable, of course, is catching fish. Not everyone, however, can own a fancy boat suitable for sizable waters, and even if you know someone who has one, it's nice to be able to head out when you want to go. Thankfully, there are destinations throughout the country that anyone can fish without the need for a big boat or motor. In the Golden State, there are more bass-filled, small water options available than people realize. Many have restrictions, including shore fishing or non-gas-powered watercraft only, speed limits and seasonal closures that keep the larger boats away. Bassmaster's list of California's top limited access waters covers a variety of destinations offering everything from places to catch loads of fish to those where you'll have a legitimate shot at a trophy. Lewiston Lake in Trinity County. At 610 acres, this narrow, long, and windy Trinity Lake after bay is known for producing trophy trout. Lewiston's cold water also keeps its smallmouth and largemouth smaller than those in larger reservoir upstream. Both factors, however, result in bass seeing less pressure. Now look for fish off steep, rocky points around rock outcroppings and in the shallows if there is some vegetation. Deep diving crankbaits and shad and rainbow trout patterns are a great way to start. Soft plastic worms and grubs and earth tones and downsized jigs work too. Lewiston is open year round. There is shoreline access along the western side of the lake with boat ramps at Pine Rove and Coots Roost. Those are undeveloped launches. There is a strictly enforced 10 mile an hour lake wide speed limit. 
Pine Cove Marina offers boat rentals, fuel, and tackle. For more information, call Pine Cove Marina at 530-778-3878. Round Valley is a relatively small 350-acre high country lake nestled in the Plumas National Forest. At an elevation of 4,600 feet, most would think brook and rainbow trout are the name of the game here, but this is where a warm water fishery with plenty of largemouth are to be had. It's difficult to not catch bass at Round Valley, making this a great place for families. It held the state record largemouth for a while when in 1948 a 14-pounder was landed. Used poppers early and late, and then plastics the rest of the day anywhere along the shoreline. Round Valley is a drinking water reservoir, so there is no swimming, making it an ideal place for canoes and kayaks. There is a single ramp for launching with a 7.5 horsepower limit on boats with motors. Boat rentals are available too. For more information, call the Mount Howe Ranger District at 530-283-0555. Spring Lake in Sonoma County, California. At only 72 acres, this is the smallest body of water on our list. But ironically, it produces some of the biggest bass. Two potential world record largemouth came from here. In 1997, a 24-pounder was landed, while in 2003, there was a 22.8. The IGFA disqualified each entry for good reason, but there's no doubt these fish were huge. Spring Lake is shallow, with lots of vegetation for bass to hide in. Try frog imitations when the sun's not on the water, and jigs or plastics rigged weedless the rest of the day. Fishing weed edges with buzz baits, blades, and bulky swim baits can also be effective. The lake is open year-round with great shoreline access around most of its perimeter. There's a launch ramp at the Nuwanga Avenue entrance, but only people, powered craft, or boats with electric motors are allowed. Kayak and canoe rentals are available during summer and September weekends at the Violetta Road entrance. For more information, call the Ranger Station at 707-539-8092. San Pablo Reservoir in Contra Costa County. At 866 acres, San Pablo is a decent-sized reservoir, but it's the huge largemouth that attract anglers to this Bay Area jewel. Healthy supplies of pan-sized hatchery trout keep the big bass population well-fed, with fish in the teens not all that unusual. Everything from soft plastics to crankbaits catch bass at San Pablo, but something more substantial is generally the ticket. Casting or trolling 9 to 12 inch rainbow pattern swim baits is a favorite tactic. Popular spots are the main recreation area and the boat ramp. Operated by the East Bay Municipal Utility District, the reservoir is open from sunrise to one hour before sunset from February to mid-November. 
There's good shore access along the western side of the reservoir. Boats with four-cycle or two-stroke direct fuel injection engines rated at two stars or greater, and canoes and kayaks are permitted. There's also a variety of rental water craft available. For more information, call East Bay Municipal Utility District at 510-223-1661. Lake Del Val, Alameda County, California. Largemouth and smallmouth and a few stripers are available at the 750-acre reservoir that's less than an hour's drive from San Francisco, Oakland, or San Jose. Both numbers and trophy fish swim in its clear waters, with April through June being the best months. Spinner baits, topwater offerings, and crankbaits work well for numbers at Del Val, but for big bass, stick to swim baits and frogs. Use drop shot rigs when things get tough. Target steep, rocky banks and weed beds on the main body or sunken Christmas trees at the south end of the lake. Managed by East Bay Regional Park District, the lake is open year-round from 5 a.m. to 10 p.m. A shore access is great along the east side and the southern end of Del Val. Boats can launch a public ramp, but there's a lake-wide 10-mile-an-hour speed limit. Fishing and patio boats, canoes, and kayaks are available for rent at East Beach. For more information, call the East Bay Regional Park District at 888-327-2757. Los Banos Creek Reservoir in Merced County, California. This small body of water, just 410 acres, sits in the shadows of massive San Luis Reservoir and O'Neill Four Bay and gets little attention from bass anglers. Los Banos isn't a trophy lake, but it produces loads of largemouth in the two to three pound class. Shad pattern crankbaits, rip baits, and spinner baits catch most of the fish in spring and fall. Try topwater offerings early and late during summer, working from shallow to the deep. Frog imitations will draw bass out of submerged vegetation during the heat of the day. The California Department of Parks and Recreation runs Los Banos, which is open year-round from 6 a.m. until sunset. Shoreline access is limited, but anglers with a boat, canoe, or kayak can get on the water using a developed ramp with a floating dock. The lake speed is 5 miles an hour. Other than a small primitive campground, there are no other facilities. But for more information, call the reservoir at 209-826-6393. Lake Kashuma in Santa Barbara County, California. Kashuma gets its share of bass anglers, but at 3,100 acres, it never feels crowded. This is an ideal spot for numbers of fish, but thanks to lots of trout plants, there are some big ones too. The lake record is a 16.7 ounce largemouth caught in 1988. Quality smallmouth swim these waters too. Reaction lures, including topwaters, shallow diving crankbaits, jerkbaits, and swimbaits are good bets 
when the wind is blowing. Use jigs or finesse worms on the calm days. Popular spots for largemouth are around Arrowhead Island, Jackrabbit Flats, and the Narrows. Try near the dam for the smallmouth. Kashuma is open year-round from 6 a.m. through sunset, except for Christmas Day. This is a drinking water supply, so there is no swimming or body contact allowed. There's good shoreline and boater access for fishing. The lake speed limits range from 3 to 40 miles an hour. Fuel bait and tackle, as well as boat, canoe, and kayak rentals are available at the marina. So for more information, call the marina at 805-688-4040. That's 805-688-4040. Barrett Lake, San Diego, California. Barrett's 861 acres were closed to the public in the 1960s when California was actively stocking Florida strain largemouth, and it never received the big butt tough to catch fish once it did open. As a result, it's loaded with aggressive northern strain bass that provide anglers with 30, 40, and even 50 fish days. This is a catch and release lake with only artificial lures with barbless hooks allowed. Spinner baits are a favorite here, but bass will take anything that resembles thread fin shad, especially early and late in the day. Jigs and plastics also work when fish are feeding on crawfish around rock piles. Both of the main arms are a good place. Barrett is open from May through September on Wednesdays and weekends. The only way to fish here is through a ticket master reservation with access going on sale the second Tuesday of the prior month. Private boats are not allowed, but you can rent a boat and a motor. Shore fishing kayaks and float tubes are permitted. All anglers have to be escorted on and off the property at predetermined times. For more information, call San Diego Lakes Recreation Program at 619-668-2050.